0: Welcome to the Adkin Examine. My name is Jonathan Gaylord, the pastor at Yadkinville United Methodist Church, and the Adkin Examine is a weekly podcast where every Monday we take a moment to reflect on the past week, give thanks to God, and seek strength for the day and week to come. The Examine comes out of a technique described by Ignatius Loyola and is still practiced by Jesuits twice daily. We've adapted it here to help us reflect on the events in our lives and discern God's presence and will for us. We'll use prompts for self-reflection from various sources, like the 22 questions John Wesley and the Holy Club at Oxford would ask themselves daily. In addition to that, we'll hear an excerpt from Sunday's sermon, and we'll draw some reflection questions from the sermon, our worship, and the scripture text. The reflection questions are listed in the show notes, and you may want to copy them so that you can write out your answers as a journaling practice. As we prepare to pray together, I invite you to take a moment to center your body, heart, and mind for prayer, maybe through taking several deep breaths, finding a comfortable posture, anything that helps you to be present to the Holy Spirit in our midst. Let us begin with an excerpt from the August 6th sermon preached by me, Jonathan Gaylord, on the beginning of Joseph's story found in Genesis chapter 37, verses one through 28. It helps us to see that even in those places where we are broken, God is at work, and God is showing up. Eventually in Joseph's story, later on in chapter 50, he kind of famously tells his brother that, brothers that even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good in order to, perse- to preserve a number of people, a numerous people. Essentially later on in the story Joseph facing his brothers says even though you meant to hurt me even though you meant harm to me God intended it for good God used it for good so that many more could be saved Now I don't want to like jump too far ahead in the story because a lot happens between this part of the story and when Joseph says that to his brothers he's got a lot of time to reflect Joseph is certainly not down at the bottom of the pit going well God's going to use this for good Joseph's probably down at the bottom of the pit going, what just happened? It's hard to make meaning when we're at the bottom of a pit. And that's why it's important to reflect upon who we are when we're not in the pit. It's important to reflect upon what God wants of us and expects of us when we're not in the pit. When things are good, when everything is going great, that's when we need to be praying when everything is going well, when everything is going smoothly, that's when we need to go to God and say, God, who am I? Who do you want me to be? Because we can't make, if we wait until we're at the bottom of the pit, we're not going to find any meaning down there. In the pit, we just have to hope and trust and pray that God's going to show up. But before and after, We can find God at work. Joseph found his meaning much, much later. He was able to say to his brothers, even though you meant it to harm me, God intended it for good after a lot of reflection. And to be fair, after a lot of good. The story of Joseph early on reminds us that God is active in our lives. Even though God isn't mentioned in the story, we see all these little places where Joseph, for all of his flaws, for all of his shortcomings, for all of his family's flaws, for all of his family's shortcomings, is guided to a particular place. We see Joseph having these dreams Where he is told that God intends bigger things for him, and even the the story where he goes out to Shechem to find his brothers, and discovering his brothers aren't there, the Bible introduces a random character whose only job is to tell Joseph that his brothers aren't at Shechem but they're at Dothan, which seems like it would be a, just an extra detail. Like why not just have him go to Dothan in the first place, or have him? Why does there have to be someone there? In and part, in part, it's because God is pointing Joseph to what's next. Because God is at work in Joseph's life and story for as flawed and as broken as Joseph is. And God's at work in our life and in our story for as flawed and as broken as we are. But this story of Joseph reminds us here and now to begin reflecting on who God wants us to be. To not wait until we're at the bottom of the pit. To not wait until things go from bad to worse. To reflect when things are calm and good and smooth. And ask God, God, who do you want me to be? We have hope in the story of Joseph and his family that God can work with broken people. That God can work with people who don't have the best intentions. That God can do something through people who are angry and hurt. But the church comes together and one of our basic proclamations is that you know, God can work with whatever God has. But ultimately, do we want God to work with our worst impulses or with our best? Joseph reminds us that God is at work in our world and in our lives. And God can do mighty things with whatever God has. Our our question as individuals and as the church is are we giving God our worst impulses or are we giving God our best impulses? Are we giving God the worst of us to work with Or are we giving God the best of us to work with? And how would the story have been different? How would Joseph's story have been different if Joseph had just kept those dreams to himself? If Joseph had just sat in prayer and meditation pondering what those dreams meant? How would those stories have been different if Joseph had gone to his brother and said, I had these dreams, what do they mean? and said, if I had these dreams, I'm in charge of you now. How would the story have been different if Joseph, if Jacob, if Reuben, if Judah, if the brothers had brought God their best instead of their worst? How would our story be different if we focused on bringing God our best? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, thank you for this opportunity to pause in prayer, to reflect, to see ourselves in you. Reveal to us those places where we need to grow closer to you. Reveal to us those ways that we need to draw ourselves nearer to you, Almighty God. Be with us in this hour of prayer. Prayerfully consider your past week. What are you thankful for? Where did the Holy Spirit move? As we consider how we may have fallen short, ask yourself these questions, drawn from John Wesley and the Holy Club. Am I jealous, impure, critical, irritable, touchy, or distrustful? How do I spend my spare time? Am I proud? As we look at the week that is to come, ask yourself these questions drawn from the sermon and the scripture text. Is there somewhere in your life where you may have lost focus on God? What do you need to do to refocus your life, your soul, your heart, your mind on Jesus Christ. How is God working in you right now? Almighty God, thank you for this day that you've given to us. Be in our hearts and our minds. Help us to grow closer to you Help us to draw nearer to you. Help us to be your people here in this world, filled with your love and your grace. Almighty God, we give you all thanks and praise. Amen. Before we return to the busyness of our weeks, let us reflect once more on the beginning of Joseph's story found in Genesis, chapter 37. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan, This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other children, because he was the son of his old age, and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Once Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Listen to this dream that I dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, then your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to have dominion over us? So they hated him even more because of his dreams and his words. He had another dream and told it to his brothers, saying, Look, I have had another dream. The sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What kind of dream is this that you have had? Shall we indeed come? I and your mother and your brothers and bow to the ground before you? So his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. So he said to them, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. The man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, with their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin, on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood, Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Midianite traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Thank you so much for praying the Yadkin Exam with us today. We are back on a regular schedule. Just a quick reminder you might remember a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that throughout August, I'll be preaching on Joseph and Joseph's stories. So in your own personal devotion, I encourage you to check out Genesis chapter 37 and continue on to the end of the book of Genesis to read all of Joseph's story. It's kind of a lengthy one for preaching, uh, but it's a good one and a foundational story for our faith and our understanding of how God is at work in our midst. Remember you can join us on Wednesdays with the Adkin Lectio, on Sundays in worship, and every Monday here on the Yadkin Examine. And until we pray together again, I wish God's blessings upon you. Amen.